Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Fabulous Pelton Cast. I'm your co-host, Kevin Belton. And I'm Tristan Carcino. And we are coming to you in different locations. I'm in Seattle, Washington, home of the NFC West fourth place Seattle Seahawks. And I'm coming to you from Los Angeles, California, home of the Super Bowl 56 champion LA Rams. It wouldn't be a Pelton Cast emergency pod if you weren't wandering the streets of LA telling various people to retire. Maybe this time, Pete Carroll. Absolutely. This is an historic day for the Rams uh, uh, with the signing of Bobby Wagner, not only closing out, finally crippling one of the last NFC West foes, but also adding a very talented in his prime linebacker. I mean, look, adding Bobby Wagner to the Ramley is just incredible. Like he's tormented us for years here in the NFC West playing against him. Obviously not enough to prevent us from winning the Super Bowl last year or eliminating the Seahawks from the playoffs in 2020 and just ruining their franchise. But still, it's nice to have him in the correct shade of blue. Absolutely. Well, so okay, I was doing some thinking about this and thinking about you know where we're at right now as a football team and there was that moment sort of like post Sanchez jets when all of a sudden the entire afc east basically just refused to compete with the patriots and i feel like that's kind of the moment that we're heading into and this i mean come on you don't think you're underrating the 49ers a little bit right right now in the nfc championship we're in a situation Where if you look around the NFC West, the Niners are going through a quarterback transition, right? They are desperate to get rid of the quarterback who took them to the conference championship game. In Arizona, Kyler Murray is talking. He's unfollowing the Cardinals on Instagram, looking for a new deal. They're at the place where they are rallying around, potentially giving maybe the biggest contract in the NFL to Kyler Murray. And the Seahawks do not have a quarterback. They have full-on panicked at the end of the season. We've now signed Bobby Wagner. I feel like you have to pinpoint there was the moment where we beat the Seahawks in the playoffs last year and then really rallied around Matthew Stafford with the trade. And I think the trade that we made and the tandem of Stafford and McVeigh with less need thrown in there. And Aaron has, Donald. Let's not forget Aaron Donald. And Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and everybody. Cup. But it, it has meant to me that the rest of the NFC West, though it was a competitive division for many years, is now in rebuilding mode because wow. of the Stafford dominance. Are you they skeptical got, about they've this? They've got to wait out this dynasty. Is that what you're saying? I, I mean, that's the only way that I can approach this, understanding the state of influx. I mean, literally the Seahawks have panicked this offseason, right? They released the greatest offensive player and greatest defense defensive player in franchise history. They, they, and they, didn't, they didn't release Russell Wilson. They did trade I him. understand. I understand. They traded Russell Wilson. But they moved on from the greatest offensive player yeah. in franchise history. And it is because of the fear of what Matthew Stafford did in L.A. They're looking around this offense. And... Uh, I was thinking about the offseason in general, right? What the Rams have done this offseason, what we have done is the like quintessential retooling and building for the long term. So there were the short-term moves that were made mid-season last year, right? The Von Miller trade and the Odell Beckham Jr. signing. And what they've done is taken those two players who now moved on. They found cheaper and younger options. Odell's still out there. I, okay. I'm not ruling him out as part of the 2022 Rams. I mean, I... I I, the wide receiver room would be too stacked. 
I, you throw in a, Robert, no Robert Woods, the best wide receiver in the NFL, Robert Woods yeah, recovering. You, you remember we traded Robert Woods to the Titans. Oh, did we? <laughs> yeah, we did that. Wow. Paid close I attention. I don't remember that trade. <laughs> uh, Allen Robinson, who comes in younger and healthier, underutilized I in mean, the Bears offense. I mean, that finally, was a monster signing. Finally getting a chance to play with a competent quarterback. You think about the quarterbacks that this guy has played with between Jacksonville and Chicago and to be even remotely successful with Mitchell Trubisky and Blake Bortles is your quarterbacks. Oh my like God. You throw that guy with Matthew Stafford. It, you know what it looks like? Like when Odell Beckham Jr. goes from Baker and Mayfield to Matthew Stafford, that's what Absolutely. it looks like. But, but to me, it's even, it's even more exciting because the athleticism is so clearly still there, right? Allen Robinson is entering into his prime. He should have been making, he should have been in Christian Kirk level money, but instead we're able to, and what Les Snead has done here is such a phenomenal job and finding a player like that. I, I personally am overwhelmed with how good this offseason has gone. You take Von Miller, 33 years old, definitely entering a different phase of his career. And instead, you're replacing him with Bobby Wagner with a Hall of Fame linebacker in his early 30s. Definitely. I mean, we saw it on the field. Definitely still much left in the tank. I, I personally, going into this next season, like the NFC West is not even a question. It's really about you look at the NFC in general and you say to yourself, the Packers are without Devontae Adams. There's a brand new coach in Tampa. Drew Brees is retired. Sean Payton is retired. The Cowboys look like a mess without Amari Cooper. Like the entire NFC is buckling under the pressure of how good the Rams played last year. We're the only franchise who's even trying to compete this season. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. I mean, I think you're being a little too optimistic. I mean, should we talk about this Wagner news specifically, or do you want to talk about the offseason as a whole? No, let's talk about the Wagner news first and then get into the offseason. So, I mean, first off, the other amazing thing, this news broken by his longtime Seattle teammates, someone else <laughs> who got waived by the Seahawks and went in the NFC West to play Players, for our mutual hated about it. Players, when they leave the Seahawks, love to spite the team. <laughs> Thomas, really Gerald Everett one. thought he could do that to us, but the joke was on him. Same, same with Austin Blythe. Uh, <laughs> so it's reported by my... Those are the types of transactions that are happening in the rest of the NFC West. That's, that's We're signing true. Bobby Wagner. They're signing Austin Blythe. It's reported by my ESPN colleague, Adam Schefter, a five-year contract worth $50 million, potentially up to $65 million. Now, I thought this was interesting. Jordan Rigg, Rodrigue, who always does a terrific job covering the Rams on the athletic. That's third Pulton brother, Jordan Rodrigue, to you. Uh, reported league insiders have indicated that the real numbers on the contract will reflect a smaller annual figure that is closer to the Rams pitch. So that's going to be interesting to see when that contract is actually filed and it hits over the cap because I, I mean, I do think there's a similarity maybe to the Sherman contract in terms of I think players are willing to take a very optimistic view of their ability to hit all the bonuses and things like that in their contracts when they're negotiating them themselves, as Wagner and Sherman did. Mm -hmm. And maybe, maybe there's going to be a smaller, you know, window for the Rams to get out of this contract, which certainly it's going to be a lower cap number because uh, coming into this, we were looking at, uh, I think it was 8.8 .8 million, uh, according to over cap, the cap and cap space. Although still the possibility of restructuring Cooper Cup's contract as part of an extension and Aaron Donald's contract to bring their numbers down after getting that four-year $160 million deal done with Matthew Stafford, which bargain, 
Oh my God. It's, it's kind of wild. You look at Les Snead and it's another place where he's just finding value. And I, and I think that to me is what this offseason is really all about. It's about, you know, retooling a little bit, right? And it's about taking some players who've moved on and finding better and younger options for those players, but also finding the value in those contracts, right? The public number may be for five for 50 going up to 65, but the reality of it is this is going to be a deal that the Rams are going to be able to get out of pretty easily. Right. And I think that we just have to be thankful having a GM like that who is able to go out and recognize value. And even you look at the Stafford deal or at the time, you know, maybe it felt a little bit high, but right now we have to be feeling pretty ecstatic looking at the numbers for other quarterbacks around the NFL. If for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think Stafford took less money because he's so happy to be in LA and be contending and be in, uh, <laughs> aren't we all be in commercials with, for AT&T with Lily, There's a lot going on for Matthew Stafford right now. Uh, I, that's I mean, Super Bowl I, winner, Matthew Stafford, to you. Super, Thank Super you. Bowl champion, Matthew Stafford, fair. I, I do think you're underplaying the losses a little bit. So you had the retirement of Andrew Whitworth. Mm-hmm. You had trading Robert Woods. Von Miller, obviously, as we talked about. Darius Williams, I think, is going to be a diff- difficult one to replace. He signed with Jacksonville, where he's playing with Shaquille Griffin at corner. Uh, and then, obviously, on a sentimental note, releasing Johnny Hecker, who signed with oh. Carolina. I mean, hate to lose him. but I, So I think one Just commonality like a- here fixture of the franchise oh a stalwart when the back to the back to be... the seven and nine bullshit days yeah the john fossil days right yes i mean the thing is seven and nine bullshit is not even possible anymore unless it's seven nine and one bullshit <laughs> it's not anything we need to worry about we have matthew stafford true true and sean mcveigh <laughs> and sean mcveigh is gonna There's sign no a contract extension bullshit. he passed on the amazon deal to go call games for them <laughs> look i don't think he's gonna be coaching at pete carroll's age but he's going to be in LA for a long period I, of time. My favorite thing that I see on Rams Twitter is through the rambling is people talking about as if it was a real thing that Sean McVay was going to go take this deal, right? Just like, oh yeah, yeah, Sean McVay, Super Bowl winner, two-time Super Bowl participant. Although we don't talk about the other Super Bowl that happened, the game that was canceled, Super Bowl canceled, 52. Yeah. That sounds right. <laughs> we do not talk about Super Bowl 52 when it was canceled. But this is a, this is a coach who was able to take Jared fucking Goff to the Super Bowl. Now that he has Stafford, do you think he's going to retire? No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about like- Pete Be- Carroll won't retire. He has Drew Locke. You think Sean McVay is going to retire when he has Matthew Stafford? <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose Bruce Arians, but- <laughs> <laughs> Well- They're scared. That's what I'm telling you, though. This is what I'm telling you about this offseason. Maybe not- Maybe not a coincidence that Tom Brady came back and then Bruce Arians retired. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But I, I think what is what is more likely happened is it's another franchise that we ended, right? Those passes to Cooper Cup to set up that game-winning field goal in the divisional round. We thought that we ended Tom Brady's career. We didn't realize we were actually ending Bruce Arians' career. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> so the only thing we should talk about is like, obviously, look, I'm wearing my Fuck Them Picks t-shirt. But Absolutely. everyone always talks about that with the Rams. And granted, don't have any of our first four picks naturally in this year's draft or the sixth rounder, just the fifth and seven. But league high tied with San, our hated rivals, San Francisco, Ugh. five comp picks, third, fourth, three in the six. And one of the other things that, that Les Snead is again prioritized this offseason is maximizing those comp picks. So Bobby Wagner, you sign him. 
doesn't count because he got released. Oh, yes. I didn't think about that. Instead of signing like six players for five million apiece, like the Seahawks, mm-hmm. you sign one player in Allen Robinson to big money. He cancels out Devon Miller, but still over the cap projects. Let me see here. Uh, two in the fifth, one in the sixth, and one in the seventh coming in 2023. So that's how you, and, and you keep hitting on those picks with guys like Jordan Fuller then that's what allows you to spend so much money on these stars. It's an NBA style model that the rest of the NFL just hasn't kept pace with. <laughs> Maybe not for the Lakers, the NBA style. Well, <laughs> you got to hit on those, those young players. There's only so many Austin Reeves and Malik Monks on the Lakers roster. Well, we're not talking about the Lakers this week. That's we'll, one of the we'll segments. We'll get to Austin Reeves later. That's one of the segments we're not doing this week. We're also not doing our search for LA's best tacos, Dodgers hot takes, uh, USC's first spring camp under Lincoln Riley, or breaking down the LA Sparks trade for Lexi Brown. I'm sure you wanted to know more about that. Uh, but overall, you know, I think when you look at this move and you look at how the NFC West has stacked up and the NFC in general, I, I think over underwise, we're probably talking about 12.5, something in that range. Ooh, that's a that's a big number. That's I mean, a big it's, it's going to be under. the biggest number in the NFC. There's no doubt to me about that, right? Like, yeah, just the, the way that the offseason has happened. And I think you really have to give Les Snead a lot of credit there. And, you know, it's something that we sort of lost along the way for a second until he was able to go out and bring in Stafford. But what McVay and Snead have done in setting up this roster, and the reality is they've hit on all of these big trades, Right. There's hasn't been a big trade. Well, and there there sudden, was one Brandon Cooks. This is ancient, ancient decades ago. They definitely learned from that. And but when you go out and you're making the big trade and the player that you're getting back is Jalen Ramsey, all of a sudden that's a trade that maybe looks like it's worth it, especially when it's coupled with being so uh, being able to prioritize those comp picks as much. Because to me, the draft is more about the volume of players than it is necessarily about having those high picks. So I feel like we've definitely approached the roster building perspective pretty much dead on and exactly how you'd want to. Like Jalen Ramsey is not the kind of player that you can just go out and get any time. And when you no. have the best defensive player in NFL history in Aaron Donald, you better pair him with a pretty fucking good cornerback. Yeah. And with good edge rushers. I mean, that's an area of concern with Von Miller's departure, but you still have Leonard Floyd there who, you know, had nine and a half sacks last season. I, I mean, still, you look at that Von Miller contract that the Bills gave him, oh, and it is, it's well, an albatross. Course. I mean, there's it, a reason we weren't willing to go that far on the contract. That's why no. you pivot to the Allen Robinson deal. No, and to be able to say like, okay, there's that deal that, that Von Miller got with the Bills, and the deal that we just gave Bobby is like, I, I'm taking that a hundred times out of a hundred. Yeah. I mean, do you want to talk maybe about some key players on the roster who might have to step up to replace some of these departed players? Absolutely, I do. So, I mean, I think uh, there's a group of players I'm looking at in this regard. Uh, Joe Noop, Noteboom at left tackle. Oh, I mean, he's going to have a monster year. Started nine games in 2020 when Whitworth was injured, but now it's going to be a full-time starting job. And obviously, look, we're, we're pouring some out for Andrew Whitworth's career. What a legend. Go out as a Super Bowl champion, as the winner of the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. I mean... What what a fitting cap to an incredible career for Andrew Whitworth. Oh, possibly the greatest offensive lineman of all time. First and, ballot and Hall of Famer. Oh, not even close. You see him uh, being able to play against his former team that he, you know, yeah. 
squoiled away with in his last ever game. And to have that come up for Andrew Whitworth, I mean, it was, I, I shed a tear. I mean, the interior defensive line's in great shape, obviously, with Donald not retiring. Bring back Greg Gaines. <laughs> I love that that rumor, too. That's my other favorite thing on <laughs> Twitter, is that Aaron Donald is retiring. <laughs> I mean, it, the way it was reported, like, literally minutes before the Super Bowl started, it was a pretty, like, terrifying possibility, I think, for us as Rams fans. Especially, like, you're in that moment. You're seeing the darkness of what could happen in the Super Bowl similar to Super Bowls that may have been canceled before. But then, oh, and, and I think that's then we just won the game. People don't talk about this enough about why it was such a phenomenal Super, Super Bowl, which was it almost made up for Super Bowl 40? <laughs> no, not Super Bowl 40. Super Bowl 30, whatever we played the Patriots in. <laughs> that was a long time ago. I can't do the math off the top of my but, head. <laughs> but going in uh, as the overwhelming was... favorite... I think that was 29 is my guess. 29? Okay. Going into that game where we went in as overwhelming favorites, right? Oh, no, that and doesn't make any sense. Hold on. 37. 37. 37. There we go. There we go. I feel like I should have these numbers memorized. Um, but you, you, we go into that game as overwhelming favorites, right? And then to be upset by, like, the young upstart quarterback and the team who's shouldn't had no business beating us in that game. And I really think just kind of, like, overthought the game plan from Mike Martz. But, like... You know, it's something that McVay learned from the first time that he was in the Super Bowl and it was canceled. He realized that these Super Bowls can be canceled. And he came back <laughs> with a better game plan as the overwhelming favorite and took care of business. But also at that same time, we definitely saw the darkness in that one. It, it was the kind of game where it wasn't, a, 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 you know, 42 to 8 type performance. This was a close back and forth game. Don't get me started on the officiating, obviously. Did, did you mean a 43 to 8 type win? Uh, was that the reference you were going for there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. I don't care about other teams' Super Bowls and what the score was. But it's just like the with the officiating, they tried to keep it close, and we definitely overcame all of that. Oh, it, of course, you're still on about the officiating I mean, after I, we won the Super it Bowl. It was an OPI. Are you kidding me? I, mean, I didn't mean to taint uh, yes. the post-Super Bowl podcast. It was all joy, but at the same time, that game should not have been as close as it was. I mean, it clearly <sighs> was. I, I agree with that. But we, we again, we don't need to worry about that anymore. That's all in the, in the history books at I, this point. Uh, even winning the Super Bowl, I still stress. <laughs> I still am mad about it. It's about the principle of it. That's what you have to understand. It's not about the win the or the principle? loss. Yes, it's about the principle. If it's an OPI, it's an OPI, right? And look, we've never been involved in any sort of play, uh, a penalty that should have been called, that wasn't called, that might have sent a team to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that definitely has never happened. Uh, it was Super Bowl 36, by the way, actually double-checking okay. my math here. Okay, Thank so you. the other key It's been players... a long time. Obviously, we forgot which Super Bowl it was. You know, the There's Roman numerals are so tough. Many, so many Super Bowls since then. <laughs> uh, okay, so with Von Miller's departure, yes, the other starting spot opposite Leonard Floyd looks like a battle between 2023 on pick Terrell Lewis, who had three mm -hmm. sacks last season, and Oregon product Justin Hollins. And then you've also got cornerback is a big question mark. I mentioned Darius Williams signing with Jacksonville. You think back to his interception of Russell Wilson I think he intercepted Russell Wilson in two of the three games against the Seahawks Monster. in 2020. Uh, that that probably helped convince Pete Carroll to fix the offense. Do we play the Broncos this year? Yeah, I mean they played oh the NFC God. West. 
wow, another chance for him to pick off Russell Wilson. I can't oh. freaking wait. We're still <laughs> coming to haunt you, Russ. Well, Darius Williams, Williams is not going to pick him off. I mean, unless Jacksonville plays oh, okay. Denver. Well, Aaron, but it's another chance for Aaron Donald to sack Russell Wilson. Away from us, Russell Wilson. We're everywhere. <laughs> Wherever you go, that's where Aaron Donald is. Wow, that's like the darkest coast of Tom Joad. Uh, it is. Then, he, he has Russell Wilson making something called NFT water. That's how scared <laughs> Russell Wilson is. He left the division. He left the conference. He went all the way into the mountains, John Denver style. But wow. guess who's still there? Aaron Donald is still there. You can't get away from me, Russell Wilson. Aaron Donald remains. Uh, the corner, so like I was saying, quarterback, uh, Robert I'm so Rochelle. fired up. I'm so, <laughs> he, he, so fired up for this I mean, next season. So I, this, Bobby this, Bob, this Bobby signing has got me. <laughs> Rich get richer. Rich get richer. Uh, fourth round, 2021 fourth rounder, Robert Rochelle started five games as a rookie. I think he's the favorite, but then you've also got Nickelback David Long could be in the mix to slide out there. I mean, obviously, like, you can put any combination of players on the field because Jalen Ramsey is just going to play wherever you damn need him. Slot, yes. outside corner, defensive tackle next to Aaron Donald. Shut down anybody. I mean, you talk about Richard Sherman. It's like, defend your side, dog. Have fun with that. We have, <laughs> yeah. a, we have a quarterback who can play anywhere on the field. Uh, just sit out there while they... Uh, Let's hope Bobby Wagner office. didn't learn too much from Richard Sherman. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be just for Bobby Wagner. He's playing in a 3-4 for the first time but i mean the exciting part of that is ernest jones who looked so good as a rookie last year you know coming on as a starter starting the super bowl despite the time he missed in the playoffs getting to learn from bobby wagner like that's an exciting possibility too absolutely you just really passed the torch from bobby wagner to ernest jones at that inside linebacker position <sighs> It's a pretty incredible feeling. Forgot to mention at the beginning of this podcast, we didn't do a beer we were drinking as because it's an emergency pod, but from our good friends at Golden Road Brewing, as always, the Mango Cart IPA. Phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. The mango's bursting with flavor, just I like mean, the beautiful beaches here in Southern California. We didn't talk about the Cali squeezed uh, Hefeweizens that we had when we were in Anaheim last week. Oh my God. Too good. I mean... <laughs> And just like the fact that, you know, it's 89 degrees in sunny in March. Like, why would anyone choose to live anywhere else? Oh, my God. I mean, that's part of the other reason I feel like that players are leaving the other NFC West opponents is you look at Arizona where it's stiflingly hot, right? It's stiflingly hot for most of the year, even starting in February. Where, where's that beach in Arizona? I've never yeah, I haven't exactly, seen one. Exactly. San Francisco, where it is literally foggy every single day of the year. Right, the high in San Francisco, the average high in San Francisco in July is like sixty-eight degrees. Also, the team doesn't even play in San Francisco. They play in fucking Santa Clara. Dog, don't get me started on the dog or on the uh, Giants as well. But thank God Barry Bonds is in the Hall of Fame. But uh, and then Seattle, which I don't even not even worth bringing up. Definitely, I mean, why would anyone choose to live there? Oh my God. It's like you could go to, to Los Angeles for a week in March and then go back to Seattle. I, if I did that, I would be depressed for the entire next week that I got back there. Well, it's, I mean, look, you do have to feel for Seahawks fans this week, but you know, that's their, that's their problem. Not ours. Uh, 
any other thoughts on uh, the Bobby Wagner signing before we go to special guest, third Pelton brother, Mina Kimes from the Ramley? I I think we've covered it all. So we, we should definitely talk to, uh, talk to Mina. <laughs> and on that note, happy April Fool's Day. Why did this feel so natural? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was like kind of genuinely excited about this off season. <laughs> I wish every day was April Fool's Day. <laughs> I mean, you, you like were able to do it with a completely straight face the entire time. That's very <laughs> impressive. Kind of a banger, a like banger podcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, look, just like maybe too good, too good of a of a Rams emergency bot. Like Rams fans could listen to that and just be excited about <laughs> of it. They tried it on for size i'm i'm viewing it as a trial run (laughs) making some compelling points here (laughs) god